This week's guest is on his way to big things in normalizing the conversation for anxiety. I had the absolute honor of interviewing him on my YouTube series, Writing with Authors, to discuss his book, I Have Anxiety, So What? Wes Woodson dispels the level of shame that exists around talking about anxiety and mental health overall with a narrative that aims to free his generation from striving to be perfect and unapologetically moving towards accepting themselves unashamedly. Get ready for a -a one-of-a-kind show from someone who will be giving back to you the entire episode long. That's how it was on his first show with me, and I'm sure it will be the same, because not only does he have a book on mental health, he's also got a company dedicated to it, too. So get ready for complete mental health advocacy. But before we dive in here, Wes, let's open up. What does mental health mean to you? That is a wonderful question. First off, that's a beautiful and wonderful introduction. Thank you for being on the show. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm a few, I'm a, like a, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing for real. This is going to be amazing, amazing conversation. But um, yeah, mental health to me means trying to prioritize and do the activities um, that help you become more healthily aware and in control of your thoughts. Because as we know that our thoughts or we might we might not even know, I'm not even going to assume, but yeah. our thoughts, feelings and our actions, well, they're all related right and if we could just practice being more healthy in the way that we think maybe we can change the way we can feel about ourselves and then in turn change the way we behave and show up every single day so that's kind of what mental health means to me isn't it funny as you get older you start to realize that everything is connected the food we eat is connected to how we feel how we look it's you know a little for an example it's uh it's interesting but at the end of the day it all circles back to your mental health because it all starts upstairs if you're not feeling well, you're most likely not going to act well or perform well at work. You need to do whatever it is for you to get yourself in a good position mentally. And I hope that this podcast is one tool you can use to keep yourself mentally afloat. But thank you for opening us, Wes, and everybody else. Welcome back to a mental health break. It is again time to talk mental health on another Tuesday. I am Vincent A. Lancey, and I am the author of Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health. You can check those books out on Amazon, and I am at Vincent A. Lancey on YouTube and all social media platforms. If it's your first episode on a mental health break, welcome. This is the show where I sit down with a mental health advocate or professional each week from all around the world for over two years in a row. Every Tuesday, you never know which story is going to resonate with you most. I began focusing on my mental health after suffering a traumatic brain injury. You may have heard of as a TBI, and you will hear today's guest why in just a moment. Before I bring Wes on, I'd love to share that this series is continued to be brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness, dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, call today for a free consultation. Scroll down in the episode description. You can find their website and number to look into virtual or in-person visits. Therapy that inspires change. In the beginning of the year 2020, while sitting inside a mental health rehab center, Wes Woodson had one question. Could social media be used to positively promote mental health rather than destroy it? The hidden company was built to answer that question. 
As I mentioned, we had an incredible first talk. I was very, very inspired, and I cannot wait for this one as well. Wes Woodson, thank you for joining our community of mental health advocates. Yes, I'm excited to be here. This is amazing, and uh, I'm excited to talk about the company, kind of what we're doing, and and we'll just try to create this more conversation, this more easy, accessible conversation. And I just want to say I'm very impressed that you've kept this posting schedule up every two, the last two years. Like, that is <laughs> very impressive. So yeah. kudos to you, man, for real. Well, thank you for the kind words, but it's really kudos to you and all the guests that have the courage to share their stories and all of the listeners who support each week. And, of course, Tampa Counseling and Wellness, my good friend, Dr. Carlos Garcia, crushing it here in Tampa between his Mastermind series for psychology and wellness and his practice that just expanded. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to you, Carlos. But would you mind, Wes, giving our audience a preview to who you are on the personal side before we dive right into mental health talk? Yeah. So, hi, my name is Wes Woodson. Full name is Wesley, but I go by Wes because it's easier to spell and it rings better. Uh, but I'm from a small town called Sharon, Massachusetts. And I love outside of work. I, I love to write. I love to read. I love to I love to create things. I, I make YouTube videos where I document uh, my my journey with mental health and how I look to prioritize my mental health. And ultimately, if I were to like summarize myself in like one sentence, who I am today, I am just on this journey to not be perfect, but I'm on this journey to make progress, no matter how big or how small. And more importantly, I'm on this journey to seek to be myself instead of trying to seek validation from other people. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. And uh, I know there's a bunch of stuff I can say professionally that I, I do. But personally, I'm just an easygoing guy who likes a conversation. And my favorite alcohol beverage, just want to say this, is a Moscow Mule. Always like to put that in there. All right. Well, I like what you said to start there, Wes. The progress, it's something I really try to adapt and you can't really focus on these big ginormous tasks no. or goals because then that's how you get stressed. For me, that's how my anxiety is increasing. I have to uh, focus, stay organized, all of that involved. Yeah. But let's start it off here. I mentioned how you are one of the forefronts leaders of anxiety discussion. In my opinion, you're out here making a difference every day, especially for wow. men in the fields. Can you please describe a little more about what you go through, what you have gone through in the past related to mental health? Yeah, thank you for uh, even saying that. I really do appreciate that. Um, I, I grew up in a small neighborhood. Um, it was called Sharon, Massachusetts. And uh, I'm, fr I'm from like a, a small town, like it's like an hour or less than an hour outside of Boston, Mass. And uh, I grew up very close to Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play football. Uh, and I, I, just for context, the neighborhood where I grew up in, it was a, like very like well put together neighborhood and where everyone knew everyone and everyone was kind of kind of putting on this portrayal of like being well put together and, and perfect. Um, and that was by design. And my mom, she immigrated here from Jamaica when she was nine years old and she married my dad and together they moved uh, to Sharon uh, to provide a better life for me and my older siblings. And uh, for me, it was kind of like my parents obviously wanted to, be like, to better my life and my siblings' life to have have us have access to better schools. But um, it always kind of resulted in me always feeling if I'm good enough. Mm. And that was this question I would always have of, am I good enough? Because my parents, well, they had us, they, they, made, they made sure that we were always known to 
be put together. So we had to dress a certain way. We had to walk a certain way. We had to talk a certain way. Uh, we couldn't slouch. We couldn't swear. And although my parents meant well, it put a lot of pressure on, right. on me, right? Imagine, to, yeah. to think of myself of being not like necessarily perfect, but strive for perfection, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the earliest memory I have of me feeling this excessive sense of worry was in third grade. In third grade, we take this like standardized test that's kind of like a watered down version of like yeah the we had we had something like that as well. I don't remember the name of them though. Yeah, man. State and, exams. Uh, yeah, state exam. This is state exam. Yeah. And I would go through this this experience where my body would go through this change. I get sweaty under my armpits. I have mm. trouble breathing. When I look around the room, like the walls seem to be getting like closing in on me, and I have all like these wild thoughts of like. You know, what if the girl next to me is trying to cheat off my paper and I don't want to be a bad friend to that girl? I don't have the wrong answers. Or what if the kid who's sitting like five seats ahead of me, what if he's on question number 26 and I'm still on question number one? And I guess it's all like these these wild thoughts are going through my head. But before I knew it, I couldn't even finish the exam. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the test over. And my teacher in third grade, she saw me in this pattern happening and me failing tests. I would be a terrible test taker. And she actually convinced my parents that I should probably get extra help. And it turns out that I had test anxiety and uh, it's a form of social anxiety where you have severe, like, excessive sense of worrying around performance. Mm -hmm. um, so I very much have performance based anxiety. I was first diagnosed when I was in third grade. And this pattern of me dealing with my anxiety was like it, it started in third grade. But if I'm being honest with you, it, it continues today. Right. It continues. And even though I've learned how to better respond to my anxiety and how to channel it for good rather than have it be working against me, it was a very hard journey of not necessarily turning to other people to validate who I am and be telling me I'm good enough because that's kind of all I always did. I would always turn to other people to validate who I am. Um, and I always felt like I had to hide a part of who I was. I felt ashamed of my anxiety at some points, right? And it was just this very ongoing journey of trying to accept my anxiety for what it is. And it's a tough journey to do that. It's not easy. It's easier said than done accepting things. And you've certainly came a long way. You've certainly made a lot of progress. When did you start sharing your story and breaking the barriers for mental health? You know? Yeah. Uh, I actually, you know, I, I, I say this, to this word avoidance, I would always avoid my anxiety through doing things. And, the things I would do were negative. And what I mean by that is like, I would play a basketball, I would turn the basketball to escape from my anxiety whenever I was anxious. Uh, I would bite my nails profusely. Um, but even on a bigger sense, what I would do, I would get into relationships. I would start dating people. And I, I, the reason why I turned to relationships was when you're, when you're dating someone, they, they always tell you how good you are. Right. They always say, like, you're good, like, you know, and you you really kind of just define yourself based on what they're saying of you. Mm -hmm. And whenever I was I, when I was in college, I started being I started dating this person and I, we were we got romantically involved. And um, I really turned and depended on this person for validation. You know what I mean, and like she was telling me all the time how good I was and she'd walk me to class and surprise me after class. I mean, I, I thought. Between you and I, and between your listeners, I thought I was gonna marry this girl for real. I was down yeah. bad, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it 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 got to a point where I was blind. My excessive need to be told I was go I was good enough by other people made me blind to this person's red flags. Because one night we get into an argument. I forget what the argument was about, to be honest. But I'm in a police station, 
and I'm staring a police officer in the face. And he looks at me and he says, Wes, you are in an abusive relationship. And that night I had become a victim of domestic violence. And now I'm a survivor of domestic violence. But uh, I didn't know how to, you know, I, I, hadn't, I didn't know how to talk about that. You know what yeah. I mean? And I was hospitalized. I had a very big mental breakdown because I'm having all these right. these very suicide thoughts. Because how, how does a man talk about the fact that their partner hit them, right? How do you? How do you put two and two together? You you don't you you don't you 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 are ashamed or embarrassed. You think it's a lot easier if like you're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that those are some of my thoughts. And after I was hospitalized, and I know I'm giving the whole story of it all. Hey, they're they're gonna appreciate everything you're giving us. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I, after I was hospitalized, um, my mom, who was actually a guidance counselor, she knew I had a story. She knew I had done some public speaking before. And she referred me to this program, um, this this company called Minding Your Mind. Mm-hmm. And Minding Your Mind, they're a nonprofit that has young adult speakers like myself go into high schools and colleges and share their mental health journey. Mm-hmm. And when I say that has been one of the most cathartic and therapeutic things I can possibly do is go into schools and tell my story. That's how it started happening for me. My mom referred me. And that's how the journey on, I've been on since last September. I love it. You know, that's what I'm about too. really trying to help these kids because when I was in school, there was no mental health education. There may have been one or two things said during health. If that, I don't have any rememberings from health class, any talk about mental health. So we're trying to really help these kids with my books, let them know it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to have emotions. It's normal and just help the road become a little easier. But to help everybody on this podcast live a little easier, Wes, what are some things you can offer our listeners either short-term or long-term basis to improve their mental health? Some things you do. Yeah, it's a great question. So in a very, very short-term thing, whenever I feel anxious, I I remind myself of, of two things. One, you know, when you think about anxiety, right, it's the it's the fear of the unknown. It's mm-hmm. the it's the accessory of the future right of things that you can't control so it's kind of like you think about it it's the excessive fear of unpredictability so two things is when i walk into a crowded room because i have social anxiety so sometimes social situations and very crowded spaces really make me anxious i remind myself of this i'm never gonna see half these people ever again if not any of these people ever right so even me telling myself that helps me respond to my anxiety better two the second thing I do is I create a sense of predictability in my life, right? I have a schedule. I, I really try to create a routine. I try to create a sense of familiarity throughout my days. So it's not so unpredictable and it's more predictable. Um, that helps me lower my anxiety. But then the hardcore things you could always do is therapy, having a toolbox, a, a set of healthy coping mechanisms you can use every single day to deal with your anxiety or deal with your depression, right? For me, I love to exercise. Uh, I love to uh, I love to meditate, practice mindfulness. I go to therapy. Um, I love to just watch TV sometimes, be lazy and be okay with being lazy. Because sometimes you need that self-care. You need to just be yes. like, I'm, I'm, I'm with it, you know? And that's, I mean, I do all those things together. I don't just depend on one thing, one thing only to avoid my emotions. No, I don't do that. Um, I really try to do, lean in that toolbox and use those strategies. But another thing I do too in the long term is I have a support system. Yes. I have or I don't feel alone. I mean, even you and I, I hope like we can be part of each other's support system. 
You know, I, I think the more so we feel less alone, the more we can feel seen and heard by other people. That's how you start to really start to face these on these unhealthy feelings, these unhealthy thought patterns that we get into. Uh, and then too, if I'm, if I'm be honest with you, I have a lean diet. Cause like you said before, you're yeah. the food into your mouth. It affects upstairs for sure. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to stay away from junk food. Uh, I don't drink soda. I don't mm-hmm. smoke. Um, but I have the occasional alcoholic beverage. I, I yeah. partake in, I don't, I'm not a heavy drinker. Uh, and yeah, I use all those things to really kind of maintain a sense of wellness on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Thank you for sharing how you have a toolbox. Everyone's toolbox looks different. So remember what serves for some does not work for everyone. So be sure to just open up your mind to new possibilities. He just shared a few. I loved how you shared the support system. That's very important, whether it be family, friends, yeah. mentors, just having someone in your corner goes a long way. And something that also works for me other than the exercise is the structure. My days are very structured. They're time block each one of my work days. It helps me stay on track and not really bounce around too much. But now I'd like to shed light on some things you're doing to raise the importance of mental health. Yes. Man. Anything you want to talk about that you have going on in the future right now? Right now? Uh, so I'm doing a lot right now. So you, you mentioned my company. Uh, the Hidden Company, yeah. um, what that really is and what, what it really inspire, is inspired by is I always would turn to social media every single day to escape, right? I think we all do. We all yeah. turn to social media to escape, to, to compare ourselves, yeah. to even like if you think about where most of our mental thought patterns come from, um, it comes from social media. Comes yeah. to, social media is a huge, huge impact on mm-hmm. people's mental health. So I was like, what if there was a safe space? What if there was a place I could go to that would help me be more true to myself, that would remind myself of how much I'm worth it Mm. and would not necessarily encourage me to compare myself, but more so to know that I am enough, Mm. right? So what I've done is I created this, this, this safe space on the internet and I call that safe space the hidden company. And the reason why I call it the hidden company is so much we so many times we we think we have to hide ourselves to the world because we don't think we're enough for the world. We have to feel we feel so ashamed yes. of the health challenge. We feel so ashamed that we go to therapy. We feel so ashamed that we're men dealing with our feelings. But I wanted to create a space where you can talk about all that stuff and more. That you can be yourself. And in fact, that's what the mission of the hidden company is. Is to empower people to express and accept who they are unapologetically. So that's a long-winded answer to what the Hidden Company yeah. is. It's a brand that wears multiple hats. We have a clothing company. Mm-hmm. Um, we create content um, and we do experiences as well. Um, I'm about to go on a tour in 2023. I'm building up for a tour in 2023 around the country to bring speaking and mental health awareness into schools and colleges. Um, but we have a movie coming out, a mental health film coming out in September. I was doing a bunch of different, and it's awesome. Be sure to stick around to the end episode in just a few moments, because we're going to find out how to find out all that information, stay up to date, throw him a follow to know exactly what's next, excuse me. But right now, I think it's a great time to get into the spotlight story. Each week at the end of the show, my guest and I go over a story of someone who is famous and their mental health to let you know. The listeners, you are not alone. 
I want you to understand that even though someone looks healthy from the outside or may have a lot of money, it does not mean they have the same on the inside. They may be really going through some stuff. And this is a great example today in comedian Stephen Colbert, someone who people think is always smiling, but may not be. I had a bit of a nervous breakdown after I got married. Kind of panic attacks. My wife would go off to work and she'd come home because I worked at night and I'd be walking around the couch. And she's like, how was your day? And I'd say, you're looking at it. Just tight circles around the couch. The article puts Colbert said his anxiety reached its peak when he was performing at the same show over and over at Chicago's Second City Comedy Club. Quote, I was in such a weird panic that I would never create anything new again. I would go to the show and I would curl up in a ball on the couch backstage and I would wait to hear my cue lines. Then I would uncurl and go on stage and I'd feel fine. Which occurred to me at the time, like, oh, you feel fine when you're out here. And then as soon as I got off stage, I just crumble into a ball again. Nobody ever asked me what was wrong. It went on for months. He was finally prescribed Xanax to calm his anxiety. Quote, Xanax was just lovely, you know, for a while. And then I realized that the gears were still smoking. I just couldn't hear them anymore. But I could feel them. I could feel the gearbox heating up and smoke pouring out of me. But I was no longer walking around the couch. As a result, he stopped taking the Xanax after a little over a week. I'll end with one more quote here. So I just suffered through it. I'd sometimes hold the bottle to go like, I could just stop this feeling if I wanted, but I'm not going to. Because I know if I stop the feeling, somehow I'm not working through it. I've got to go through the tunnel with the spiders in it. And then one morning I woke up and my skin wasn't on fire. And it took me a while to figure out what it was. Wes, what do you take away from this on Stephen Colbert? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I like your first point about how people think that just because you're smiling means you're happy. You know, I think we have to challenge that and mm-hmm. understand smiling is not actually equivalent. It is not equal happiness. Um, and you can see Stephen Colbert, obviously, in this article, but then think about Robin Williams, right? Like Robin Williams, he's another big guy, like big, big guy. I mean, um, rest in peace. Yes. Um, but he made the world laugh, right? And so does Stephen Colbert. But you, we, we can't think that these people who are doing this thing, they're happier than ever. I mean, how many times do we hear that the people who are the richest in the world are, or the, the funniest in the world or happen to be the saddest in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's there's truth in that. And I think that story, too, does reveal a lot about medication, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we don't overlook that, too. That there, there's a lot there to unpack about medication. But I actually, hearing that story, I didn't know myself. That's, I'll be... I'll be truthful. I didn't know he had mental health challenges. I didn't know that. And yeah. that's kind of the, the I, I'm glad open about it, you know? It's, it's always interesting to see which celebrities choose to use their platform. I guarantee there's 90% more celebrities that struggle with something inside, but not everybody uses their platform for the correct reasons. You could say when people like this share their story related to mental health, they have so many people maybe looking up to them saying, oh, if he ha- if he goes through something, it's, it's okay that I go through it. Maybe it's not just me. And I'm hoping more and more people in the limelight continue to share their stories because of how powerful it is, especially for the younger, younger generation where 
you know how it is to be a kid. You can idolize certain individuals, whether it's an athlete, a movie star, you name it, uh, on a television host. It's great to see this. And thank you for that analysis, Wes. And thank you so much for everything you offered our audience. I could feel the passion through the mic. I hope you do keep me in the loop. If you need a speaker on this tour that you have coming up, I'd love to share the stage with you. Where can everybody find everything you're doing, the website, social media, all of that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can follow me uh, at Wes Woodson, uh, spelled W-E-S-W-O-O-D-S-O-N on everything. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. We are just getting started. We're building a fun, engaging community over there. I call them the Seeker Nation. And I call them the Seeker Nation because we're obviously not trying to seek the opinions of others. We're trying to seek to be ourselves and express ourselves and more importantly, put our mental health as a priority every single day. So I invite you to join the Seeker Nation um, uh, on YouTube. But uh, you can also find The Hidden Company and support what I'm doing uh, at The Hidden Co. on everything, Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, um, and definitely stay tuned because we have some wonderful things coming. Like I said before, we have the movie coming out in September. We have the tour coming up in 2023. Mm -hmm. And we have some new merchandise dropping very, very soon. So definitely follow us there, man. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, everyone. Be sure to check out all of his content and be sure to check us out, too. We are at A Mental Health Break on all social media, except Twitter. Because of that character limit, we are at Podcast by Lancey. I am at Vincent A. Lancey across social media, including YouTube. And my website is VincentALancey.com. Be sure to stick around next Tuesday when we have another testimonial heading your way. Thank you for tuning into a mental health break.